So you, you, you want to dive in? Yeah, we might as well. All right. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Avengers Spotlight. Oh, you know, we don't have a cold open. So, so would this be the cold open after the cold open? Huh? Would this be the warm open? Yes. Okay. Avengers Spotlight. And welcome to Avengers Spotlight. We are careening once again, not on this Earth, but the an other Earth. Oh. Actually, it's Earth is, is it Seven. another Earth or an other Earth? Actually, it's uh, well, it's just Crisis on Other Earth. So it's not uh, whatever. It's Earth Seven One Two. I don't even know if any of these Earths exist anymore. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, with the whole whatever it is. Because that, I know, the, I don't know. The, I the new Secret Wars thing that they did, I, I don't know. What well, because it, prior to that, all the the worlds were being destroyed. That was the storyline in Infinity, kind of, was that all the incursions were happening where worlds would smash together, destroy each other, blah, blah, blah. And ours and, like, one other, I think the Earth from uh, the Ultimates universe, where the only two left or something, and then Secret World Wars happened, and then Reed and Sue went off to create universe. I, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm old, and I don't understand. my head hurts. I don't understand, but yet I, you know, I could keep, you know, oh yeah, DC, other Earths, yeah, no problem. Got it. See, I don't mind the other Earths aspect of things. I, I kind of like it, and I, I've liked the Elseworlds and what ifs. And then they can revisit certain ones because they're kind of fun. So I don't mind the other Earths. I just don't like when they seemingly intentionally make it more convoluted in an effort to what they say is to make it clearer. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've been picking up the new exiles book mm-hmm. and again maybe i'm just getting old but it's just not clicking for me maybe i'm just i i don't know they they introduced um nick fury into it you know what happened to nick fury right after what was it infinity sin or original sin, original sin or? yeah where he became the watcher well no 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 he became the unseen oh that's he right was it changed, was he was chained to the moon 
Didn't Bucky become the Watcher or something? Uh, I don't know. There you go ahead. He's the unseen. Yeah, he's 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 stuck on the moon with like a weird looking eyeball, and he's chained on the moon, and he's he just has to watch, and he can't do anything. Whatever. So he's been kind of dealing like backhandedly with the with the exiles, which is uh, the the original uh, Blink from the original team. And a couple others from some of the original teams have been coming back, but I, I still just can't, can't get into it. I mean, I'm just getting old, man. You are. You're getting old. I got the first issue like of me. West Coast Avengers, too. Yeah? Any good? Uh, if you're, I don't know, I guess if you're hip and you're younger, it probably is. Me, I'm just kind of like, it's all these kids doing on the team. They got Hawkeye. I feel like Hawkeye, like I'm the old man on the team re- reading the book. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm hip with you kids. Yeah, I'm down. What's going oh, make on? me come up to... What does that mean? I don't understand. I'll turn this Quinjet right around. <laughs> and they got two Hawkeyes. They got the young girl, and then they got Hawkeye. I'm so confused. Uh, which is which? <laughs> oh, boy. So... Uh, but, yeah, we're... Now we're in the Serpent Crown. We're pretty much out of the time travel. We're going to have a touch, t- touch of time travel this this issue, but after that, I think we're done. A tinge time of time travel. travel. Tinge, just just a page or so, and then we'll a be dish. a smidge, a pin, yeah, a pinch, a Skosh. dash, a smidge. Sk- oh, you, oh, you son of, you took my word, skosh. You curmudgeon. <laughs> So what are we covering? Now, now, let's start off right off the bat. Isn't this the Squadron Supreme? Yes, it is, but they're calling the Squadron Sinister on the cover, and that's incorrect. Okay, that was... That was because the I... Squadron Sinister was the was the beings created ad hoc out of thin air by the Grandmaster, if I recall, way back when in early Avengers. Mm-hmm. So this is actually their Earth, and it's the Squadron Supreme, which later on would be revisited in the 12-issue maxi-series, which was good. I love that series. And um, later on, a graphic novel um, that describes the final fate of the universe. And then later, it got rebooted. I've got some of those, too. And uh, there was like the Max line, where it got a little bit more adult. And... um, I guess PG thirteen slash R rated. I don't know if you you ever read any of those. Did you ever read the Max lines with um, when High Hyperion came to Earth and was a baby and like talked about him, you know, being raised and stuff. Yeah, I read some of that. And what I don't like about it is it totally, totally, totally retcons the whole story. You know, he, well, I think he, it's, he's not the same character that he was in these books. Oh, I don't think he's meant to be. I think it's well, meant to be another like. Earth. But that's what oh. I don't like. That it, oh, oh, I, I see what you're son saying. Well, I don't think they were trying to say it was the same Earth. But maybe I don't know. Maybe it was. I'd have to go. It's been so long since I read it, and I don't think I have all of them. I, I, I was getting them in like trades a long time ago. I think that was when I was working at the comic book store. Good for the man. Getting paid in comics. Well, if I make this much an hour, then that's two and a half comic books. And, uh, 
I'd like to work for comics. Yeah, too bad they will uh, <laughs> send, uh, send. Here, here's a thousand comics I'm sending to the bank so I can stay in my house this month. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean they won't take this currency? I don't understand. But tonight we're covering Avengers 147. Who do you think does the cover, Paul? It's Jack Kirby. No. No? You are incorrect, sir. It's credited on, on the uh, the Marvel Wiki. It's credited as being Jack Kirby. Not really? Not yeah. that. Well, I, I can look at that and tell that's not Jack Kirby. I didn't think it was. And then when I looked more closely at it, it looks like, to me, like not very good Jack Kirby. Well, look I at mean, the faces. Book, if, if, if you look at the close-up of the faces of the people in the crowd, they look like Kirby faces. This my my book says that Rich Buckler did the pencils. That could be actually. And Frank Gia, Frank Giacoya did the inks. I gotta say, I don't like this image that much. I don't know about you. Uh, I I just when when I, when I look at it closely, at a glance, it's kind of compelling. But when I look at it closely, nobody really looks like they're all that well drawn. Yeah, Vision's is a his face does, looks a little off. Um, well, and you've got and all the other heroes other than Scarlet Witch have their back to us. Um, and and yeah, the villains are back in the distance, and they're they're not quite so detailed. Like Hyperion looks like he's missing half his face. Or like one of his eyes disappeared, and the Beast's body looks doesn't look quite right. I, I, Iron Man doesn't look like he's actually shooting his repulsor ray. I don't know. Like it just nobody looks that great to me. But it, it's credited to Jack Kirby on Marvel Wiki. But I think you're right. Hmm. Looking closely, it looks like you know not the best Rich Buckler to me. Yeah. Now Scarlet Witch doesn't look well. She looks almost disinterested. I don't know. <laughs> well, she's because she's fighting the. Uh, she's she's distracted. She's fighting the crown. She's she's actually the closest person to us. Like she's walking towards us, away from the melee behind her, and she's holding the serpent crown in her hands. And Vision is looking at her walking away, while Cap, Iron Man, and the Beast are fighting the the crowds that are coming toward us. Uh, Towards them, and uh, the vision is saying, "Flee, my love! Wait, flee, my love, quickly, unless you escape with the serpent crown. All of us are doomed." Well, maybe not like that, but no, I think exactly like that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like little extra. Okay, you've got you know, Marvel Comics Group, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, The Avengers. Which we have every issue. We got Vision in the in the corner box, and then it says the Squadron Sinister strikes again. Eh, they're not the Squadron Sinister. All out action in the mighty Marvel Manor is then on there, and then we've got Vision saying his thing, and then it's War Against the World down at the bottom. It's like you know, did we need War Against the World and the other banner and the third banner below? Like one of those banners could have gone. Yeah, I, I just agree. feel like it. It's a little. There's a little too much words on a cover. Now I, I think it should say the Squadron Supreme strikes again. They should correct that. But yeah. since they're so drawn so small, 
I, I think it's worth having the, their name in there. Only have actually their real oh, name. Oh, true. Um, well, I think they should have took out all all out action in a mighty Marvel manner and had Doctor uh, Doctor Spectrum in there because he's I not even shown here. I think they should have that balloon gone, except for the fact that uh, there was probably like a lot of just empty space there, and that's probably why like they decided like a to put it. Window. Yeah, so they know. probably decided to put it there just because there was empty space and it was like uh, it didn't look balanced with it. Well, yeah, there. but then they did the same thing on the other side with the visions ca- caption because it's his vision. His captions up against another wall, mm-hmm. of, like a spot of dead space. I would say the easiest thing to get rid of would be War Against the World because if you if you eliminated that from the cover, it probably wouldn't change anything about as far as how it impacts you. And then put maybe his word balloon down at the bottom. Maybe and just, if you can yeah. do it and have it look right. Well, you could yeah. just leave the word balloon out. Yeah. Yeah, but this came out in uh, May of 1976. Well, I'm, that's the cover date, so actually, it probably would have been probably closer to July, wouldn't you think? Uh, it's no, if it's dated you, May, it probably came out in February. Oh, sorry. Oh, duh. Getting my getting my you directions. You reversed it. I reversed it. Yeah, my bad. So, oh, so we're not up to the bicentennial yet. Not I remember. Yet. I remember that because I'm old. Yeah, we've talked about that a few times. Everybody, listen to all the other episodes we've been on. Yeah, all, blah blah all, blah. All blah, other two hundred and some odd episodes. Two hundred and some odd. Are are we getting close to three hundred? I thought we already we're, passed three. Yeah, we passed three hundred. We're like, I don't even know what we're at three. I don't know. 30, something like that. Three. Oh, this, okay. this is almost 340, I think. Well, but no, actually, Avengers Spotlight is a different animal. This is yeah. like 40 or something. Well, you know, if you throw these in and a bunch of other specials and this and that, we're probably at 400 already. Maybe. I don't know. But we're babbling. It's time for the Indicia yeah. credits. <laughs> the Indicia, what a show. The Indicia, here we go. Steve Englehart, writer. George Perez, pencils. Mm. Vinny Coletta, inks. Yeah. Denise Wool and Gaspar Saladino, letters. Petra Goldberg, colors. Marv Wolfman, editor. And like I said, for the cover, they state Rich Buckler, Frank Giacoya, and Dan Crispy with the letters. Our synopsis is as follows. The Avengers and Squadron reappear on the Squadron's world. Their fight is broken up by the arrival of the Army and President Rockefeller, who wears the Serpent Crown. Turning so insubstantial that he is virtually invisible, Vision snatches the crown from Rockefeller's head, and in a quick football-like move, hands it off to the Scarlet Witch, who begins a run to... Oh, wait, sorry, I thought I was doing a sportscast. Who you <laughs> hands it to the Scarlet Witch, who uses a threat to destroy it as leverage to allow the Avengers to escape. I'll break it, I swear to God, I'll break it. Yeah. Through his connection to the crown... He's going to destroy the orc, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> get back, get back. Go on, Jones, do it. This is history. We are just passing through. (laughs) Anyway. Now you made me flash ahead to Hot Fuzz. (laughs) Do you ever see Hot hot Fuzz? No, I haven't. 
Oh, you haven't? Nope. Oh, you should watch that. He plays the priest. Belloc plays the pre. Uh, the actor plays the priest in the town. Beloche. Beloche. The French. Ah, oh, see, you, you you got me. Where was I? You, you're doing a pre-written synopsis, and I still got you off track. I know. I know. <laughs> the Scarlet Witch, who uses a threat to destroy it as leverage to allow the Avengers to escape. Yeah, we got to talk about that when that happens too. Through his connection to the, okay, through his connection to the Crown, Rockefeller telepathically contacts fellow Serpent Crown slave Hugh Jones. I work for you, Jones. Thank you. <laughs> that was that was a poor Hugh Jones. Do do better next time. On the Avengers Earth. Elsewhere, Thor, Moon Dragon, and Hawkeye return from the past with two gun kid kid. Blech, kid. Hawkeye c- confirms to Thor that he still intends to leave the Avengers. I'm out. And the other and the archer departs with two gun. Back on Other Earth, Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch, tries to glean information from the crown, but falls prey to its control. Unnoticed by all of her teammates, except the Vision, fleeing her android spouse, she runs into the squadron. Bam! But the Vision comes to her rescue. Her love for him allows her to fight off the crown's control and assist him in defeating the squadron. And before I forget, well, actually, we'll come to it in as we c- c- cover the story, because there's a little special note here about a certain person. But I'll I'll remember it when we get to it. There's a couple of panels in here where there's like no background, and I'm guessing there might have been a background. Uh, mm-hmm. It was originally drawn. <laughs> so I so there's that. But other than that. I think Coletta did a pretty nice job with the ink in, in yeah. this one. Yeah, well, and you know, some of the ones that don't have a background, eh, they're pretty close in tight fight shots, and they're really still pretty detailed. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I I can let that slide. I was noticing while I went through this that, that a lot of it looked pretty good. Uh, the o- the o- opening splash shows them arriving. Um, crisis on Other Earth. <laughs> Hmm. I, I look at that, that splash page and I almost think, in this corner, we have the Avengers. Well, they 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 even say, here are the latest box scores, ladies and gentlemen. Four Avengers, one hairy applicant, and Patsy Walker, who three issues back found the, you know, could read this as Howard, Co- Howard Cosell, found the discarded duds of the cat. These six had no more than gotten a breather in their continuing war against the Roxxon Corporation. Then they were set upon by the villains, five members of the once lawful Squadron Supreme. Oh, that was a, I got to work on my Howard Cosell. It's been years since I've done a Howard Cosell. Now both sides have been sent to the Squadron's home world and a long delayed Donnybrook is about to begin. Thank you, you and good night. Oh my stars and goddess. Yeah, it's the beast. So, I was yeah, I was we, a big beast fan at this point. I really the beast is cool. I really, you know, I was just enjoying his inclusion in this uh, series at this point a lot. And but, you know the Go ahead. I was just going to say you got to remember that this 
issue, even though the storyline continues from where we did in the last Avengers Spotlight, there were two fill-in issues in between. So at the top it says, we return you now to your regularly scheduled Squadron Supreme saga. Mm -hmm. At least I remembered inside the book that it's the Squadron Supreme. True. Well, and they they say five members of the once lawful Squadron Supreme. Well, technically... They are lawful on their world, mm-hmm. from a certain point of view. Now, why would they... Well, I, I, you know what, I, I'm answering my own question. I was going to say, why would they even bother to uh, help the rocks and oil people, except as this storyline goes on, we see the Serpent Crowns are connected, and mm-hmm. I guess it's Nelson Rockefeller lending aid to the holder of the Serpent Crown on our world. Right. So I mean, anybody that a, anybody that has ever worn the crown on any Earth, regardless, it's like there's inner, like there's a massive giant crown, and then there's smaller crowns on each Earth. But anybody that puts it on their head basically is linked, and is also comes under the control of Set. But they can also communicate with with each other, like we'll see later in the book here. I don't know how eventually they work around that when, uh, you know, when they uh, have other people have the crown on. Because I know there is, are, there are points later when some of our heroes will have the crown on. Not in this particular storyline, but eventually. Um, yeah, so. it's, isn't that like in like the Atlantis attack stuff, like in the nineties? Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know how they they worked out of that. I'm not sure. Because I, I remember somewhere, I don't know if it's in this storyline or if it's in that, where there ends up being like a giant serpent crown. Like they bring a lot of the ones from other dimensions together to create like a giant super crown. But I, it's been so long. It's been a long time since I rock and roll. Been a long time since you wore a crown? <laughs> no, I walk around the house with the tiara all the time. <laughs> and nothing else. Oh! Oh! <laughs> and oh. Now, you, now you can't unsee it. Oh, oh, my stars and garters. I walk around with the beast costume. <laughs> well, I do that, too. Yeah. Except my fur is gray. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along, <laughs> because we're falling into a uh, to a bad spot here. So yeah. it starts off where uh, Dr. Spectrum takes to the attack. Uh, Iron Man takes the blast so that the rest of them can attack. So I guess it takes him a couple of seconds to recover from that. Uh, I like the fact that Hellcat's the first one to rush in. And not only does she rush in, but she rushes in and attacks Hyperion. Poof. Yeah. Kicks him right in the face. Let's see how that works out for her. Well, it starts off okay. Well, yeah, she's she's dodging pretty well. He's got to be pretty slow, pretty slow with that hiatal hernia belt on. <laughs> the old man. Uh, uh. <laughs> and I, I really do like how Lady Lark and the Golden Archer are Green Arrow and Black Canary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost. Almost. Yeah. So. But man, what Vision does to Lady Lark. Yeah, no, just, I mean, <laughs> just, just, you know, when, when I was reading it, rereading this, I was thinking, how is it possible? Now, other than her singing, mesmerizing, knocking people out thing, she doesn't have any physical strength or anything that 
is a superpower. So if I take something that's insubstantial, I put it through you, and then I make it substantial, not only is it going to cause excruciating pain and knock you out, which is the effect it has in these books, but it's going to rip your innards apart and kill you. I, I don't think he fully solidifies. I think it's just act of passing it through the body that disrupts the body enough to, like, enough pain to make you pass out. I, I, I don't think he does it to the point to where, like, he would just solid Because if he solidified his arm right there, he would basically rip out any, 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 like, if he went solid and then went intangible, she'd have a hole in her chest. Mm-hmm. Because he point. comes out right right in the center of her breastbone with his hand, and she's like, ah! I'm just like, wow, man. You couldn't have just, like, maybe given her a concussion or something and walked her on the head? Because so next get, frame, she's down. Yeah. Oof. And we get a little teamwork going because Golden Archer is shooting at, at Vision, but Captain America takes him out with his shield. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch is going after uh, Dr. Spectrum. And then we have a pretty cool half-page splash of of the battle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what the vision's doing. I mean, yeah, he's just. Uh, <laughs> he's just I'll, I'll just I'm fly. Jump. You guys fight. I'll I'm just gonna fly. jump up in the air. Wait, here's my Jesus impersonation. What? Oh, sorry. But he's just leaping in the air, waving his arms like he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And and the beast is down there punching Hyperion. Shouldn't you? Yeah, Why? Shouldn't he, shouldn't he be going putting a hand through Hyperion and solidifying? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the beach. The beast should not be punching Hyperion. For one now, thing. the last time we saw Hellcat against Hyperion, she was dodging him and making him look foolish. But in that particular panel, he's got her by the leg. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because we'll see like another shot. Two more shots down. He's got. Well, like a few more. Personality. Oh. What? You said he's got. And I said personality. Oh. Iron Man's. You got to explain it. It's not funny. Oh, wait. He's punching the wizard. That's right. He's. Which shouldn't the wizard be moving faster than Iron Man? Yeah, I would. I would have thought, but. Yeah. But we'll just say the the recent transportation between the worlds uh, messed up wizard. Or yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think the better explanation is somehow Iron Man anticipates where he's going to be. Possibly. Plus, so he, he, he just had... shot him with a repulsor ray the page before. So he, mm. might, he might be groggy. True. So the Vision sees helicopters coming in the distance, and uh, they talk about how, oh, yes, they're, I see the mark. Cap says, I see the marking now. Scarlet Witch says, they're almost like our armies. This whole world is a near replica of Earth. And then Golden Archer, or Golden Arches. <laughs> we'll just call him Ronald McDonald. Or oh, your world's a copy of ours, eh, Yank? I, can't, I don't remember if he's Australian or, or English. I think he's English, but I'm not sure. No. Well, we'll just... Well, because er, earlier on he said, Hey, that's my bird you're knocking about, Vision. And the Golden Arches <laughs> won't stand for such. My, uh, my Australian accent and my English accent are indistinguishable anyway. Yeah, yeah. They both uh, suck. <laughs> Somewhere across the Atlantic, Andy Leyland is screaming. If he's actually listening. Yeah, we wouldn't know. We never hear from him. <laughs> oh, and then Wizard's going to accept that our planet, which we also call Earth, by the way, is far more advanced socially. What do you got, Facebook before we did? Yeah, whatever. 
No, that would be less advanced. Oh, yeah, it's true. And then uh, Iron Man's like, so I see, now they're sending in tanks and troops. And Hyperion has both. I mean, he's not even, he's not even, Hellcat's completely unconscious. He's holding her like a rag doll. Either that or he squeezed her until she passed out. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he bear hugged her and because he's her out he's, with it. he's he's got the beast by one hand, and Beast is like, okay, hype, that's enough. You can uh, let go now, hype. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then it's an interesting touch that Nelson Rockefeller is the president of the United States. When the last time they were there, Hubert Humphrey was the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a world on a slightly different path, but not so different that, you know, it's still the politicians that we had here. Yeah. And he's walking around with the serpent crown on, and, like, all the normal people aren't saying... What's that on your what, head? What the hell? What, what's going on with this, this thing on your head? We never well, had a president I, wear one of these before. I think it's because later on in the discussion in here that, that it said that um, the crown has basically been like the whole society has been um, all the business like the top business moguls the crown's been put on their head to put them under the sway of the crown mm-hmm. you know the mental domination so he might have done that to members of the staff and they just don't question it or like maybe certain generals and stuff and it's not you know everybody just obeys of course, that would be kind of, you know, like they line people, you know, yeah, next, put the crown on her head, take it off. Next. Uh, I, I wear a size on this guy. seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, this one's too, too small. Shoot him. What? Next. So we have a flashback with from uh, some recent issues of Captain America uh, involving the Serpent's, Serpent Squad and Krang uh, and the Serpent Crown. And that was when. Cap, Are you sure that's Cap not a tumor? That is not a tumor. <laughs> and uh, that was when Cap was going under the uh, name Nomad. I am Nomad. Wait, sorry, that's Star Trek. Sorry. He was looking for James Roy Kirk. <laughs> so as they sit there talking, I, I like the vision. Just makes himself incorporeal and <laughs> and goes over and takes the crown. But now again. <laughs> I just have this issue with I've never seen them explain exactly what type of propulsion system the Vision has that lets him fly. Because I was always, at least in the early early issues, I'm pretty sure they, they made it sound that he made himself so light that he would just float in the air. But that really okay, wouldn't then, propel him at all, and it also wouldn't let him carry the crown. Right, he wouldn't be able to carry a solid object. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not really sure. Obviously, he does have the power of flight. But I don't remember exactly how they explain that away. So he just drops it in Scarlet Witch's hands. He grabs the crown and drops it in her hands. She looks like she's having a baby. Boom. (laughs) I have it, darling. Now, Mr. President, call off your men. Behold the power of the Scarlet Witch. Now you should just hear crack. And she should have a bullet in the back of her head. (laughs) It's like, what is she going to do? You know? Back off, boys. Back off. The crown must remain intact. I mean, wouldn't you think it'd be pretty, like, durable? Isn't it like an ancient artifact? 
Well, but I'm ah. sure her power is enough to. Oh, that's right. If she point. uses her power, yeah. And they're all. <laughs> and then Hyperion's like, "What a piece of rotten luck!" And Beast is like, "Skill, muscles, pure skill." <laughs> and the Scarlet Witch is like, backing up. Come on, Avengers, we're leaving. I'll do it. I'll do. I'll smash this crown. Yeah, whatever. We got another one. Crown schmounds, as long as we dominate the earth. And then they just walk down the city street. <laughs> just they just leave. They turn and walk down the street, and that's it. Yeah, no, nobody's gonna follow or anything. Yeah, yeah. Our, well, well, okay. They do say our, our heroes escaped into the cordoned, deserted streets. And then uh, the Golden Archers yelling at, uh, at Rockefeller, "Don't tell me what to do, Archer. I must think." Yeah, that's kind of cool there that he's got the psychic connection over to to Hugh Jones. I work for with Hugh Jones. The Serpent Crown owns us. So they're able to ah, communicate so. with each other. Do, 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 do. Using Aquaman's telepathy. <laughs> and then we follow up that up with a scene of uh, Lois Lane and Lana Lang. Actually, it is uh, that was the note I had. That person's name is revealed. Well, she says Lois. Right, but her and last then, name. And then the other one is Lonnie. Lonnie. Lonnie's last name is Latimer, which was Lonnie's last name revealed in Thor 280, 1979. So I guess that's where she makes her next, her, her next appearance. Yep. Lonnie Latimer. So I guess Thor must go back to there or um, she's brought to our earth. So just that was that was a note I wanted to mention earlier. Yeah, well the, oh, the two of them are sunbathing on a what is apparently a very small roof. And uh, because they just both bail you know, once you once they're on it there's not much room for anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they see the vision and Iron Man flying above and Lonnie says, did you see that, Lois? It was those aliens who rioted downtown. And then Lois says, come on, Lonnie, we've got to report this. Mm-hmm. I guess at the Daily Granite. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at their swimsuit outfits. Yeah, yeah, but you skipped the scene where, where Nelson talks to Hugh, and they were explaining to the officer... Uh, anyway, officer, we'll put better controls on our next missiles. So, you know, see that you do, Colonel Baxter. Good night now. Yeah, they're going to just accept that and leave. Yeah. Sorry we destroyed half the neighborhood. And then and then he's like, well, he didn't suspect any. Mr. Jones, what is it? Shh. <laughs> and then we get that weird split screen shot of uh, half of Hugh Jones, half of Rob Rockefeller, and it talks about each... Uh, that like every crown th- scattered throughout the realms uh, is a small is a is a manifestation of a single serpentine nether mind older than antiquity. They are numberless and they are one. And each and every human being, whoever places one on his head, becomes this serpent slave forever in contact with all the others. So and it said that Hugh, Hugh Jones suffered this side effect uh, from his kidnapping. Something. The nomad could not have suspected. 
So, and then we cut to the uh, the two reporters lounging on the on the rooftop. And, and then uh, from there, yeah. and from there, meanwhile, in the dark and cluttered crevices of the concrete canyons below, no alliteration there. I love how uh, the Scarlet Witch is talking. Everybody else is in front of her talking. She just keeps talking and talking and talking. Collapses on the floor. And they just keep walking (laughs) and walking. And walking and walking and walking. (laughs) I mean, and they walk for quite a while. But apparently the Vision sees. The Vision's like, what? He he doesn't say, hey, guys, wait up. Not only is that my wife on the ground, but she's got the serpent crown, (laughs) which is kind of important to us right now. Nah, I'll just go there. Don't worry about it. You guys keep walking. Yeah, and then at one point, uh, Hellcat spins around and because <laughs> she says, "Did you learn anything else, Wanda?" Wanda, and she's not like nowhere on the street corner where they're at. I mean, they're not even at a corner anymore. She collapsed right at the corner. Yeah. But yeah, she had been trying to, uh, you know, like she's being told in her mind not to don the crown. It's evil. Uh, and, and that this 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 crown that that this crown has been placed on the heads of all the world's major conglomerates at one time or another. They're all blinded, and that's how um, cat you know they start to say, "Oh, this must be their social advancement." They're all thinking under one mind. It's like the Borg. Serpent, yeah, Serpent Borg. Serpent Borg. But now it's it's also I, I don't know. This feels like an element of Lord of the Rings to this too. Oh yeah, hmm. one crown to bind them, and it's physically taxing just to just just to hold it, and which causes her her to collapse. But before we could find out what happened to Wanda and if the Vision came to the rescue, we're back on our Earth in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Kang's time sphere pops back. And uh, Two Gun Kid is like, that was time travel. I felt nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, and they're so, in the, they landed in the same place they had been in the Old West, only they're uh, in current times, and there's wild cayuses. I guess that's a horse. Yeah. I've never heard that term for a horse. I think I have. I think in some westerns that I've watched. So mm-hmm. anyway, the Hawkeye and the Two Gun Kid go running after the uh, wild horses, and couldn't drag them away. Yeah, <laughs> well, they'll ride them someday. <laughs> and le- leaving Thor and uh, Moon Dragon, and Moon Dragon clearly is annoying Thor. <laughs> but now let us speak of you, and Thor's like, oh, really? God, can I just get away from you? But we get away from them and cut back to Wanda, who has gone batshit crazy. Yep, the ring, the ring has taken control of her. My precious, my crown. <laughs> she wants to take my crown from me. She takes a shot at the vision because he's being absurd. <laughs> she literally says, "Don't be absurd." <laughs> and then no she screams don't be absurd and kick knocks him off his feet or is that sure i it's hard to tell i guess that's her that's knocking him off his feet yeah i don't know 
And then she starts heading to back towards the president because the crown is controlling her. I think this is a, this is a well-drawn page. I really like I mean, I think this whole book is well-drawn, but I particularly like this page because there's just like a, a – without it being overly dark, there's a sense of darkness to the page. And you know what's nice? They didn't. He didn't really eliminate a lot of the backgrounds. And where he did, they really weren't needed. Like in the close-up shots, where he's chasing her mm-hmm. on the last panel. It's because we, I mean, a lot of the only other spaces, he, like in a few close-up shots where they're ta- like uh, on the. The previous few pages where Cap and Beast are talking in a small panel where Wanda's just her face. But it's really a little bit better than some of the other stuff we've seen. Now, in a slight divergence from our story, the next page has an ad for Marvel Con 76 at the Hotel Commodore in Manhattan. And that was April 23rd, 24th, and 25th, I guess, of 1976. And I was there, and I met Stan. Ooh. What was it, $10 for a ticket? No, $10 was a three-day pass. I only went one day. I don't know how much a one-day pass was. Huh. I met, uh, I met Stan at that one, and I met that was the first time I met uh, Rich Buckler also. Hmm. Did you get the free? Did you go to the free kung fu exhibition? No, I didn't. Nor did I get an art lesson from John Buscema or a writing lesson from Roy Thomas. But I did uh, go to Stan's uh, panel where he, you know, got up and just talked for an hour, and then after the panel, he, you know, he sat on at a table and there was a line of people and everybody walked up and got something autographed and had a chance to talk to him, uh, and there was no charge for that, by the way. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I remember I, I talked to him. The, the question I had dreamed up in my mind was the fact that the Silver Surfer had been canceled after issue 18 on a cliffhanger, and why, why did they never finish the story? And, and then, you know, he acted like uh, like I came up with something he had never thought of. He was like, oh, that's that's really, yeah, it's true. We, we really should finish that. <laughs> you know, which, which is cool because he at least made my whatever I was at that time, 13-year-old uh, yeah. brain feel – Feel feel like I came up with something that uh, that he hadn't thought of, and he may not have thought of it. But if he didn't think of it, it was because he didn't care, <laughs> you know. But he didn't convey that to you. No, not at all. No, he was he was yeah. very very captivating at that time. He you know he 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 made everybody feel like you know like he really cared about what they were saying. He he did he did a great job. He was as good a PR guy as you could find, no question. Anyway, back to our story. The, the next uh, next scene has uh, Hyperion, Lady Lark, and Golden Archer uh, just casually strolling, discussing uh, what's going on. And, uh, I Don't they guess, have a headquarters? What if they're, I, guess I guess they're, they're looking they're for following heroes, them? but they, they seem to be very, very casual in the way they're doing it. And they just kind of run into the Scarlet Witch. Helium and Argon, it's the one we seek. <laughs> I, I, I generally do that. I just give elements from the periodic table when I when I'm surprised. Oxygen and arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I usually just use the names of cheeses. Munster Jeez. and cheddar. What's going Munster on here? Munster and cheddar. Holy mozzarella, Batman. <laughs> By Odin's mozzarella. Okay. 
<laughs> anyway, they 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 kind of have Hyperion has a hold of the the witch, and then we have a real close up of Vision's face saying, "Unhand her, Hyperion now." And it's it's kind of a cool sequence here because he's battling, uh, he's kind of solo battling the three of them. Uh, Hyperion mm. charges him and bounces off him as he uh, increases his density as much as he could. Followed by the Golden Archer shooting an arrow right through him, and then him him laser beaming Lady Luck. Now she's already he's already disrupted her interior, and now he's giving her third degree burns. And she's got a suntan, <laughs> and much more than enough to singe a few feathers. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, those are heat blasts, so to knock her out with it, he's got to be doing damage. He dehydrated the shit out of her. So then the, uh, the squadron takes their turn, and... Uh, but, yet, but yet, he's uh, able to stun stun the vision with uh, my ultrasonic siren arrow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He takes a shot with his ultrasonic siren arrow, and then Hyperion takes a street lamp and wraps it around him. That's a cool a street, shot, too. A street lamp named Desire. Crump! Yeah, he whips it around him so hard that it, it it's able to uh, to actually set, somewhat encircle the Vision's body. And then, uh, meanwhile, Wanda, while uh, the Vision's being wrapped up by a pretzel by Hyperion, um, she's like uh, having a come-to-Jesus moment with that crown. Must not... Crown on, and uh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool how like Hyperion wraps the whole street lamp around Vision, and he just lowers his density and goes right through it. And, and, yeah, he's like, oh, I use this technique against my archfoe Burbank. The first time I came to Cosmopolis, creature, I've always thought it was one of my best. And Vision goes, how wonderful, and, and just, phases through <laughs> and goes in the, in the street and disappears. Didn't you hear the blighter say he could control his destin- density? I almost said destiny. I'm thinking I'm. But, but I'm turning into. I never remember Hyperion being such of a like a noob. Like just, like just he seems like he's green. I think he's just overconfident. Maybe. Blimey, he could be anywhere, Governor. Kazak. Yeah, he Kazaks him from behind. So there's another one with third. With the solar burns. beam. Which you know, I was thinking that too while I was reading that this because he's doing a lot of these powers while he's phased can would they have the same effect if he's intangible when he fires i think the uh solar beams would uh, i mean i guess i don't i don't not sure why that would have any direct impact on it well i would think the mechanism that controls them would also be not solid like you think it would have to be solid to be able to focus and fire the energy you see what i mean mm-hmm that it's, the actual it's possible, but I guess not. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not. Well, uh, Blaine Blaine Dowler can get it back to us on that okay. if he's listening. <laughs> that's fine. I welcome well, Blaine's we'll, Blaine's opinion we'll on listen. whether that's scientifically possible. We'll go back and listen to his podcasts on comic science because he had a whole run of them. So then we start a knockdown, dragout fight with Hyperion, who's taking his best shots but not really getting anywhere uh, until the Vision puts his, sticks his hand in Hyperion's chest, and that's a really cool panel with, with the three insets of Hyperion's face close, closer, and closest 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first one has his whole face. The second one has about half of it. And the third one is just his mouth screaming. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But Lady Lark is coming up from behind and ready to sing her song. Until? Uh, until? Whack. So did Wanda hit her with the crown? That's what I think. So they don't really make it clear, but I think she did. Poor Lady Lark. She finally did get that concussion. It said she was probably going to get earlier. <laughs> oh, and we have a touching moment between the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Yeah, they were saved by love. love. <laughs> no, she says it, not him. I know. And per- <laughs> Would you like to do the lines of Wanda? I'll do the Vision. I'm myself again, darling. Something deep within me, the inner strength of a true witch, perhaps, or my mutant soul. Something refused to lie down and die before the Serpent Crown's horrible mental onslaught. And perhaps, my beautiful Wanda, it was yet another factor. The factor that always sustained us in our times of trial. Love? As Yoda laughs. Come, Wanda. Let me carry this damnable icon. I doubt that it can attack my computer mind. And if I'm mistaken, I too shall be saved by love. (laughs) Next 20,000 Leagues Under Justice. Six months from now, you can be the boss of your old locksmith shop. (laughs) Nothing shady in this ad. <laughs> it's a nondescript, like, white Ford panel van, and it says, like, Harry something uh, it's locksmith. Got, it's, it's got, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy who says I work for Dick Jones? It's, Clarence it's, Boddicker? It's, it looks like it's Clarence Boddicker standing by the van. And then we have insets from, let's see, who, insets. who, who we've got. There's, there's ex-con looking guy and Eddie Murphy doing uh, James Brown. We've got Jack W. Gray from Mantua, New Jersey. Yeah, highly recommended it course to anyone interested in locksmithing. I set up a mobile locksmith shop. I work out of, I work out of for spare time earnings. Extra, earned extra money while training. Yeah, training. And then from Richard Kennedy from Philadelphia, PA, was able to start my own locksmith service and earned almost $500 before I actually completed the course. Now I earn an average of $7 a week in my spare time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, by breaking and entering. <laughs> Although i got to say, this doesn't compare to the send in a, an envelope and we'll send you a miniature dog, I'm bad. <laughs> No, no, it doesn't compare to that. I don't. There's not too many that that. Uh, well, the only other ad that's really that that standoutish is the Spider-Man and the Twinkie Takers with the guy that looks like he's like Gene Shalit with a red-headed wig. So, so I guess that's it for Avengers 147. Although we should rate it. Yep. Yeah. I was just keep doing a quick glance back through some ads, but yeah, that was pretty much the best ad, the locksmith ad. But you got Slim Jims. Ah. Uh, well, let me get back. Okay, the cover. Yeah, we kind of we kind of picked on the cover earlier. 
Um, even for an Avengers book this era, this cover, I'm going to give it a C. Even though it's Rich Buckler, I just don't, I mean, it just doesn't have that Rich Buckler standoutishness to it, if it is him. And if it's Jack Kirby, it sucks too. So, no, I, I'm more, I more and more think that you're right, that it is Rich Buckler and not Jack Kirby, but it is very much in a Rich Buckler doing Jack Kirby style. Hmm. But I, I agree that it's – and, you know, normally we just go through everything and then the other one takes over but just while we're on the cover. I, I think in concept it's a very good layout. I like it. But in execution, I just think the individual figures are poorly done, and I also agree it's a C. Okay. Um, the interior art, I'm going to give the interior art um, – yeah, there was nothing really that stood out that was like, oh, God, that's awful. You know, or like, oh, they should have really done better on that. And some of the shots are really pretty good. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give the art an A. And, and then I'm going to jump in on you again, and, agree, and I'm going to agree with you again. I think this is an A book. I think there's no panel in this where I where I look at it and think, oh, that's not so hot. I think the whole thing is really well done. Go on, Bill. Go on, Bill. Sorry to keep interrupting. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm fine with this this way. This is fine. Um, the story, I, I like, um, you know, we're on another Earth. I always like the other Earth stories when when we got them in Marvel, uh, other, you know, than the occasional, you know, when you had a what-if story. It was nice when they actually crossed. I know Marvel 2, two and 1 did it a couple times with another Earth. Or I think they call it Earth A. Um, and... Um, We've kind of finally wrapped up the one loose in from the um, the Kang story. Oh, we didn't – I think we need to mention – I know you guys – I think I was on that episode where Scott covered the follow-up to Hawkeye and Two-Gun Kid in the Marvel mm-hmm. Spotlight. It, it, yeah. Was I on that or did we I do an so. Avengers one on that or did we just do – that was on a regular, on the regular bins? Where they were, they fell into like a. Uh, that was a, a regular bins episode, I'm pretty sure, but I think you were on it with us, and that's what they go up against the Purple Man. Oh, that's right, that's right. But it's like in an underground base or something yeah. in the desert. Yep. Yeah. But well, I guess it's in the West, like what we're seeing here. In fact, right. Uh, there's somewhere in here where they say, where, where is it? Well, they the talk letters, about in the letters it. page, right? They say. Uh, that yeah, it was so there's somewhere bad. in here where they say you could you know you can read their further adventures somewhere. I don't remember where it is, but that I guess is the one that they eventually printed in that book that we covered a while ago. Yeah, I know I saw it too, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall. I thought it was actually a footnote oh, in here, the story. It it's a, right after that page, the next page at the top, it says, We'll see more of Hawkeye and Two Gun Kid oh, in the future Marvel Spotlight, folks. Get on so, a stick with it, Steve. I guess that, issue, that story was supposed to be a Marvel Spotlight, but it never made it into Marvel Spotlight and was eventually a backup story in whatever issue we did cover it in. Mm, okay. So, uh, so you're ranking the story now, right? The whole plot with the you know the crown and how it links all the wares and it's interdimensional, and we, you know we still see m- more of Wanda and Vision's love, and uh, I'm going to give it an A on the story as well. Okay, I'm agreeing with you again. I mean, I didn't think there was any fluff, anything silly, and we even wrapped up the little loose end about. 
you know, how to explain those missiles away back on Earth. Poorly, so, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, really, the only thing that brings this down is the cover. And you know what? I don't think the cover, although the cover is a C, and I agree with you on that, I still rank the book overall as an A, despite the cover. Uh, because I don't think the cover is so bad. It's just no, no. Like I said, it, it's just that it's the details are just kind of poorly done or look rushed or however you want to say it's, it. It's 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 the weakest of our three things that we grade. But I still I still think this is an overall an A book, despite the fact that it's a C mm-hmm. cover. I'll I'll agree with you on that. Right, we're very agreeable today. Tune in next time where maybe we will disagree on something like that. But uh, I guess yeah. next time out we'll be doing well. Next time of, on Avengers Spotlight we'll be doing issue 148, which is getting us. I think I believe that's the penultimate issue of this storyline. I think 149 finishes. It. I believe you're right because I'm looking ahead. All right, so that's it for this yes. time out, and we will see you. Well, next, next time. time. Next time. Next time. Well, next time is uh, well. I guess I should save that story for when we do that book. All right. I'll save that story for when we do that book. Good deal, Bill. All right. Say goodnight, Bill. Goodnight, Bill. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Give me some lovin'. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>